0: hi everyone welcome to merch money we have ken real with us today the merch fairy himself thank you so much for being here ken thanks for joining
1: us ken should be fun
0: all right well we we all just go around and introduce ourselves so um i am helen kinson merch boss and this week i am just so excited about so many different things we (laughs) We got a whole bunch more of those uh, Facebook groups started, the all different language groups. I think we're up to 12 now, something like that. Brianna reminded me about Linktree. So I linked all the different groups on Linktree, and now we have just one link. So when you guys see those welcome posts for me, if you click on the link, it'll show all the different languages. So you just click on whichever language you want. And if we don't have admins yet for that group, there'll be a message in the announcement posts that'll say, like, we're still looking for admins. Um, some of the groups, we already have enough admins, but then some of them, we're still looking for more admins. So if you speak English and you speak that language, we definitely want you to help us and, and uh, be an admin. So anyway, who wants to go next, Brianna? Yeah, I'll go. <laughs>
2: uh, I'm Brianna Muller-Green, Merch Maverick, um, and co-owner of D4D, design4dollars.com um Ooh, it's been a crazy busy week over there holy cow um oh i don't even know where to begin um she, the, she got in trouble
0: with facebook for trying to start like nine thousand groups uh, at once yeah
2: like my <laughs> life literally i'm like always in facebook jail <clears throat> for some reason like i'm either posting too quickly or yeah this time it was when uh helen and i were working on all of the merch language groups and they told me to like slow down and i didn't slow down i didn't heed their warning <laughs> so i got locked out of that for a while so we'll, we'll see if i um, have that the ability to do that again um and then at d4d oh my gosh like our community is full of amazingly smart people so we have um a- I can't, I don't even know how many people now. It's got to be like 50 freaking people back there I'm trying to manage. Um, But a a bunch of people from the community stepped up and they're helping at D4D, um, helping with phrase research and helping with trademark checking and keywords. And we've got some talent out there. So, um, you know, make, make that known. I don't think a lot of people really come out and say, hey, you know, like I know how to do this and this and this. So whatever. If you're, if you're looking for uh, a little side hustle or uh, a little extra money, hit us up at D4D. So yeah, it's crazy over there.
3: Awesome.
2: Yeah. I'll go.
3: Okay. I'm Amy Nicholas, marketing mayhem girl, creator of print on demand power punch videos daily. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Also got my print on demand power punch tribe Facebook group. And just, I don't know, I'm just like excited. There's just a lot of stuff going on. There's Q4. There's just new stuff happening like every day feels like. And Helen's an amazing little group she's created. Um, Yeah, just happy to be part of the Merch Money show and happy to have one of uh, the people I've looked up to since the, almost the beginning when I found out who he was. (laughs) Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't know until I got a a coaching call from from Mr. Ken. (laughs) That actually helped a lot, so I'm excited. Fantastic. All right, so
4: I am Amy Springer, Merch Marvel. Um, I've just really been consistent with everything that I've been trying to do. I am finally at 50% of my slots full, so that's a big win for me. Oh my goodness, it has taken me forever, but I'm getting there, you know? Um, So that's over, that's 3,000, right? Over 3,000, finally. Oh my goodness. Awesome. Yeah, and every day I'm just like, you know, I need to hire a designer. Like this is, <laughs> yeah, she's always got that. this one person show is just oh, it is so it is a process. Yeah, oh, and while she's homeschooling one. and million other things, y'all, if I could just dedicate like five hours to this every day, I would be like, oh, yeah, it's been it's been real, but you know, it's really rewarding, and I'm really happy with where I am and even more excited like where I'm going. So basically, I am still being consistent. So that's my my win for this week. There's
0: nothing better than that. Mm. (laughs) All right,
4: Ken.
1: I'm Ken Real. Uh, I've been known in the merch community for a while now. Uh, This week, what have I been doing? (laughs) Uh, Trying to catch up on all the mess of the different beta programs, I guess. Uh, I don't know how many people are in them, but they can become a bit of a mess to manage. <laughs> right. um, so I've been trying to do that, trying to get the account squared away so I'm ready for quarter four and uh, see how I can get everything going the way I want it, playing around with some create space, getting into some Etsy stuff. So just spreading my wings and, you know, doing my thing right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> So spreading you are got on
4: Etsy. <laughs>
1: you, uh, man, I think
0: you're past spreading the wings stage.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if I can say I'm on Etsy. I'm more or less looking at Etsy and people keep bugging me to get on there, but I always get pulled away <laughs> to something else like licensing or something fun like that. So
4: that's where you excel, right? Is with the licensing?
1: Uh somewhat. It's just it's another area to cover. It's uh another thing just like trending or evergreen. Uh Mm-hmm. holidays, local merch. It's, it's another tool in your toolbox to go after. And it takes a lot to learn how to do. And, it, you know, once you learn it and get through the bumps in the road, it uh, gets pretty rewarding. Because people already have a brand. They already have a following. So you're latching onto that, and just giving them more sales. Was yeah, money- that's
0: exciting. Hmm. Right. That's great. Well, let's back up a little. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but um, they might be missing different bits and pieces of it. So you you started in Merch when? How long have you been in
1: Merch? Day one.
0: Day one. Okay. And how did you find out about it?
1: Uh, I, I stumbled across it because I was into some of the other POD programs. Uh, I was toying around with things like Teespring and Redbubble and things like that and, and happened to cr- upon it and I said, oh, I might as well sign up. And uh, my story is I tried uh, playing around with it a bit. It was more of a hobby at night and uh my designs were one pixel too big that uh, actually almost turned me away from merch because i i got into fights with the support going back and forth on emails and your your platform is garbage it's not like where's your resizer and i said this is just awful like your program's wrecked and finally somebody just said well calm down calm down have you checked the pixel size and i said, I said of course i checked the pixel size I'm in the graphics and design. I own my own sign company and you're telling me to check the pixels. (laughs) And So I can check and I was one pixel off. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I ended up getting a, a, a deposit from Amazon and I said, what the heck is this deposit for? I don't know. I think it's 12 or $18 and realized I'd sold some shirts. So I put a few more up and you know, the, the rock started going down the hill from there. So.
0: That is awesome. Well, I heard you on Steven Peterson's podcast. He's awesome. For anybody who doesn't listen to Steven Peterson's podcast, you definitely should. Um, So there you talked a lot about your background, like uh, you had been in a sign company, right? And then you you tell a little bit about how like before print on demand, how you even found out about it to begin with?
1: Well, I I go back, um, actually managing in the oil and gas sector in Alberta. Uh, So I'd managed for 12, 13 years up in Alberta, and I'm basically a has-waste expert uh, in heavy oil. Took a change of life and bought a sign company in Las Vegas, and uh, since 2004, I've been running my own sign business. And along with that, I got into decorative window tint uh, so I can mimic stained glass on the windows of businesses. Uh, gained a lot of the perspective of how to use um, graphics programs, doing the, the design, the graphic design. And then naturally, along with that, with customers, you get people that need shirts, you need get people that need business cards, that need uh, folders, you know, printware. And, you know, I've got my own wholesale accounts with uh, apparel. I've got my own screen printers that I use. Uh, everything was lined up. And at night, I'm like, oh, this is kind of neat. I ran across, I think it was Teespring. Yeah, I'll throw some designs up and have some fun and, you know, started selling some shirts and kind of got involved in the Teespring community and playing around with some Facebook. And, you know, that, and then when merch came along, it's just, it's easy. You know, it's, I didn't have to learn other than learning the right size, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the graphic design side of it or finding what sells or what doesn't sell, that wasn't the hard part that a lot of people struggle through. So yeah. it's just a natural and before long, you know, it, it took on a, it took on its own uh, own priority and uh, really took everything over. So,
4: Now, did you teach yourself graphic design through all these new avenues and ventures?
1: Uh, going back, I've always been a bit of a nerd with computers. Um, growing up, my dad was a computer science major teaching some of the first, you know, super pet and, you know, these real early computers in high school in the eighties. So I, I toyed around with websites with uh, early Photoshop and things like that. I'm not an artist. I can't draw a stick man to work, work my life. Uh, But graphic design is not necessarily about how to illustrate something. It's how to lay something out. And when I got into the sign business, I knew very little about principles of how to work things. graphic design on the street and a lot of the things that I learned from there uh, taught me how to lay things out on t-shirts because the principles of how you put a sign on the street and catch a customer's attention is not much different than a shirt up on the sales page of Amazon so a lot of it was self-taught some of it was taught through the franchise that I own Um, a lot of the teaching that you learn from the sign industry and things like that
0: it's really neat. It's so fun to see like how everyone finds print on demand and everyone's backgrounds. Like every, we all come from such different
1: backgrounds. So part part of it, I learned because I go to, I've gone to a lot of the sign uh, and printware uh, expos and things like that. Just being in the sign business, you go to the big uh, international sign association mm-hmm. show, and so I see the printing and you see the corner that has the printware and you see the developments and the different printers that are going on. And so you're watching this and you're seeing the direct-to-garment printers start hitting the expo floors. And, you, and everybody's looking at that like, oh, well, the print is really bad or the ink is bad. And you see over the course of four, five, six, seven years how much it gets better, just like yeah. wide format print gets better. And so I, I, I see it from a different perspective. I see it from the industry side instead mm-hmm. of, wow, I'm on the Internet. I'm an entrepreneur. I like this new T-shirt mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I came at it from a different side was this is just a natural like um, I'm putting out thousands of t-shirts on with my screen printer with wholesale print and and wow how can I print one shirt how can I print five shirts how can I get a school's booster to be able to do a mom shirt and a dad shirt and a cousin's shirt along with their order for a thousand shirts for the football team and and so these things just came together and just made a lot of sense
0: that's really good point that's that's interesting like the different perspective um so do you did you always kind of go from that angle of like uh it sounds kind of almost like local merch what you're saying like where you're talking about a school or a company or something like that do you go from that angle or do you just put shirts up about other trending things
1: Oh, I, I'm spread all over. I've, I've always gone after some of that local merch, but not in, I guess, perspective like Million Dollar Mike. Mm-hmm. And meeting with him and talking with him and how he approached it has kind of opened some fields for me. But in the early days, it was how do I get past a problem? How do I how do I solve a problem for the customer, the guy that wants five custom shirts mm-hmm. and want to charge him $75 a shirt for them? And even if you go back to the early days of Direct the Garment, uh 1999 on amazon for a direct print garment shirt is absolutely amazing you go back i don't know seven eight years and we're talking oh you want a direct to print garment shirt well it's going to be 75 Mm. the the economies of scales have completely changed so this has opened up a new avenue for you know just how you deal with customers. And
0: And I think we forget that. Like we just, we're so used to Amazon, like, and especially people like me that came from FBA, like you're so used to Amazon and everything being inexpensive and quick and all this stuff. And you forget like, Oh, 1999 is not that high a price. Like this is really good deal for, and you come from the side of knowing what a business needs and what their, what their problems are that you can solve. So. That's awesome. Do do you, any of you guys do local merch? Mm-hmm. Amy or Brianna or anybody? No. I think no, I
4: don't like people enough. <laughs> so I was going to say, uh, do you have to look at her? I have to go yeah. in public. You, uh, did you learn sales? That, like i were, were you a little, into, but not,
0: nothing you, big. Or Ken, like, were you into sales before the sign business or did you learn sales from the sign business?
1: I was in the management side in the oil and gas sector, but of course I had uh, salesmen that were with me. And a lot of times being in the management side of things, I was dealing with uh, like the Fort McMurray oil sands, dealing with the Exxons and the Shells and all of these Mm -hmm. big environment guys. So I I gained the perspective of sales because I had that responsibility. So it it wasn't a hard thing and I've never had a hard thing approaching somebody. Then of course, when I took over a, a sign franchise that was starting off from nothing, you mm-hmm. like well time to go beat the streets and start doing cold calling and start doing these things to build a business and and you know it's it's no problem for me to walk down the street and go knock on the door and, and start a conversation and know how to do that so the local merch thing is really pretty easy for me not yeah. in a sense of just going and getting sales but knowing how to build relationships with customers and just starting a conversation and knowing where to take it
0: that's a yeah. tremendous skill yeah that that's really important for anyone who doesn't know what local merch is, is there a way to, uh, it's probably different for everybody, but what what is your view of it? Or what have you used so far for local merch?
1: Local merch I've seen is two different things. One mm-hmm. is providing uh, a print medium for customers that have a problem to solve. So something like a school mm-hmm. where you, know, you print 700 shirts with a, a screen printer, you can get very good prices. You can't get the same if they want 10, 10 shirts, you can't even get close to it if they want one shirt. Like if mom wants a specific shirt that says, I'm the greatest fan of my son on the Longhorns football team, you can't get that shirt made unless somebody actually custom makes it. So it fulfills a problem uh, and answers a, a question that customers have there. So there's one side in that, that it ties into the designs and the art. The other side of it is, as I see it, purely advertising uh you're not walking into a customer and saying you know the local pizza shop and saying hey uh do you want to sell shirts you know i see your swag on the on the wall can i be your new shirt supplier no you're offering an entirely new uh a form of advertising much like yellow pages used to be the hard book on top of every manager's desk but that's gone the way of the dinosaur this is a new medium uh it's flyers it's uh a placemat on the table that you're sitting and eating dinner and reading all the little advertisements. It's, it's a way to build a brand and get people wearing a product for a customer. Uh, you get the the local bar or the pub and people are asking, well, why are you wearing Joe's pub t-shirt at the soccer match today? Oh, well, we're going there for drinks. and We get free wings if I wear the shirt and all of a sudden everybody else is buying the shirt. But it's a new game for advertising. And, and if you open your eyes, uh, the numbers of sales can just absolutely blow anything out of the water when it comes to, to design shirts, you know, art, art shirts or tech shirts, things that we normally put on merch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When people say merch is saturated, I always think of stuff like that. I'm like, there is the um, if you actually just think creatively and think of how many businesses there are in the country and how many schools and how many like there's so much you can do. And
1: I mean, you can same thing. People say, "Well, local merch could get flooded." I mean, there's three other people that are in merch in my city. You know what? You got a thousand people in your city, and you won't even scratch the number of people that you could go after. Exactly. It's just even the organic side of merch. You know, even your 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 shirts that you're putting up, the designs. We're so far away from being saturated. It's not. Yeah, problem.
0: it's just it's just how you think about it, and I can just tell from how you talk about everything. Like you just you don't have the same limits limiting beliefs that people have you're just like oh yeah of course i can walk into this big school or business and they'll buy whatever i want to sell them and of course i can learn this new business and move across the country and learn about signs like you know it's a different way of approaching things um and a lot of people are afraid they wouldn't move across the country they wouldn't they would have stayed in whatever business they started with so
1: The the number one thing uh, that I, and I believe in this in talking to some of the merch staff, the number one thing that when you ask them, what are you looking for on merch to be successful is quality. They're Mm -hmm. looking for a quality catalog. And I've learned over the last couple of years that it doesn't matter what niche you're going into. If you have quality designs and know how to work them and work the keywords and know how to get the sales moving, especially if you get into something like EMS or using kind of a, you know, a boosting sales type of a technique. You can you can crash into just about any niche you want, but you've got to have good designs. You have to have an eye for knowing what will sell and what won't sell. And that is a benefit to some people uh, that are in the industry that even some of these sign industry guys, they, they can recognize what is a good design, a bad one. A guy like Jose Fernandez, I keep t- talking about him. He's in the industry. He can look immediately at a page or immediately at your design and say, that has a chance or it doesn't. And, and that's a very important thing, a very important skill to learn in the merch community is how to identify what has a ch- chance and what doesn't. Because you can go into a niche, go you can, and I've proven it to myself, you can go into St. Patrick's Day you can go in two weeks before and there's 100,000 listings and you can still crush it with good designs if you know how to put them up, if you know how to get the sales going. And organically, you can beat the, beat the monster. And it, it just shows that saturation means nothing. If you're mm-hmm. a good designer, and you know how to approach it.
0: Yep. And you have to be able to think like that. Most people don't think like that. They don't think like, oh, there's 100,000 mine's going to be the best. <laughs>
1: No, they, you're, I got, you're like,
0: oh, 100,000, mine will be. Uh, I, uh,
1: I have 100 of my 100 <laughs> slots filled, and I don't know why don't I sell any. Oh. <laughs> you have to ask that question. You've got a lot to learn about yeah. design and, uh, and how to approach niches and things like that. Yeah.
3: Do you have any tips for standing out if you're doing just text-only designs?
1: Yeah, uh, and I think I shared this with you before, didn't I, Amy? <laughs> when you do a search... Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your design has to stand out on that search page. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the sales page and the mock-up, when I hear people saying, oh, the mock-up is awful, the mock-up is bad, the mock-up is costing me designs. No, it's not. Because yeah. <laughs> sales- everyone
0: has the same mock-up. Right?
1: But if the person has gotten to the sales page for this mock-up, you've already got a very high chance of getting a sale, mm-hmm. right? Most people never even get the click to look at the shirt on the mock-up. The most important page for people on Merch is the search result page. And if your design looking at that page as a buyer, if your design doesn't stand out, you don't have a chance.
0: I remember. I think it must have been you. I didn't remember who said it, but I remember you saying, like, if you hand like a list or you show one of your friends, like the your shirt's in there somewhere. Like, if they scan through and they don't pick your shirt, you know, like yours is not standing out or it's not as good as the other
1: ones. That's my trick.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I was
1: like,
3: wait, I've heard this
0: before. I know this story. (laughs)
1: <laughs> got a really good gaming buddy he's a, a biker guy and uh, you know about 11 o'clock at night we'll play a game called world of tanks and it's our stress relief and we just chat and, and he's had the advantage of the last three years watching me go through this whole merch episode and he's like oh what are your new shirts what are your new designs well what that has t- tapered into is uh you know give him a search result go search the page I'll, you know he'll I won't let them know what they are, but I'll say, here's the search page. I've got two or three designs on that page. Just search it like a buyer. And how do you search a page? It's not looking at everything. It's not even reading. It's scanning. It takes you three or four seconds to go through that page. And the ones that catch your eye, I tell them, write down the three or four that catch your eye on the search page. And if mine aren't one or two of those, I failed, and to you go to, go back to the drawing board. Yeah, because you're not getting the contrast. You're not getting that first look. Uh, I still am a firm believer that everybody gets a page. Look, like if you have a new design, there's some time when the algorithm will throw it up there and give it a chance. And if you fail, it's going to go back to page 300. That's just the way it is. And so you need to design even text-based shirts. They need to have some kind of contrast or something that sets them apart from the other shirts that are up there. Like Drunk Lives Matter. Here's a good example. You can, you can beat Drunk Lives Matter at St. Patrick's Day, but you can't beat it by being another one of the 300 shirts that are up there that are the three lines of text, of white text. You need to do something to make it pop off the page. And this is something I learned in the sign industry was, when you're driving down the street and it drives my wife crazy because mm-hmm. this is how I'll drive down the street and I'm looking at signs all day long and you have the three second rule. You have three seconds to catch the customers. I get them to read your sign and make an impulse decision. Yes or no. And what I want to do is if I've got a bakery in front of a pizza and I've got a bakery sign up, I want the person looking for pizza to be reading the bakery sign instead of the pizza sign and make a decision saying I don't want bread. No, I'm not going to do that. But they drive right past the pizza sign because they didn't even notice it was there. And it's the same thing with t-shirts on the search page. The most important place for your designs is on that search page standing out from the other shirts.
0: And you know how most people would think about that scenario? They would be like, oh, my bakery is by a pizza place. I'm never going to sell bakery stuff. Everybody just wants to go to the pizza place.
5: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, they like the,
0: reversed it. You, you reversed it. So you always think of like the positive way, like, oh, my bakery is going to be so good. All the people driving to the pizza place are going to miss their turn.
1: Well, and that's what you want. And, and do I this now. Start driving down the street and notice what a good sign and a bad sign. Just ask yourself which sign caught your attention. And within three seconds, you were able to read it and get the message of what the business was.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I actually.
4: Start
0: I'm
1: noticing what a good and a bad sign. Are.
4: I've adopted that practice because of listening to one of your lives before, and I can't drive down the highway anymore without <laughs> looking at the signs and critiquing them.
5: So You're a hazard second. behind the wheel. I was, was just going to say, I'm
4: like, remind me. <laughs> <that's gonna start. laughs>
5: it's, no, even
0: worse it's three
4: seconds, hurt. though, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. She's like, I don't have to pay attention for three seconds. And I'll tell you what, there She's are some pretty six. crappy signs out there. <laughs> at least there are in San Antonio. I don't know about y'all's cities.
1: It's even but worse it's a great
4: practice.
1: You know what the font is and whether the kerning is bad or good.
4: Oh, my goodness. Yes, <laughs> that too. Oh, yeah, it can go deep. Traffic's not so bad anymore. But,
1: but, yeah. but don't view the, the front page. First two pages of search results are no different. It's like driving down the street looking at good or bad signs. And there's a thumbnail rule as well in the sign industry. You know, you put your thumb up. And you see in a thumbnail if you can read what's in the thumbnail. And if you can't read what's in the thumbnail, you got a problem as well. That doesn't mean you need to read the whole phrase. But the, the position of what needs to be like when you're looking at down going down a street, how big is a sign down the street from you? It's about the size of your thumb. when can you start reading that sign, right? And there's some important design principles that go in with negative space and how you lay things out and color and mixing color and all that to how people can read things. It's no different with thumbnails for t-shirts. And and, 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 look at the search results and scan like you're a buyer, spend three or four seconds scanning from top to bottom and see, pick out the four or five that stood out to you. And then ask yourself, why did those thumbnails stand out to you? That's and, actually and a brilliant a idea. Start seeing that those are the ones that are selling as well.
4: Funny how that works. <laughs> that's, that's actually awesome. a good. That's a practice that would be be worth yeah. adopting too. Just yeah, see what sticks out.
1: It's Absolutely. part of niche research as well, right? You find your niche on something like merchant form, or you find something that you think you're going to go into. Well, have you actually done, you know? I don't know, let's say we're going after a hunting shirt. Have you actually put in funny hunting shirt on Google Images and done the same thing, scrolled through and saw the three or four that stick out? Have you done that in the Amazon search? And not just looking at the 300 pages of shirts, but look at the first two pages and scroll like a buyer and pick out the three or four that stood out immediately. And how do you make it better than that? How, how do you, not just the improve cat thing, how do I take Drunk Lives Matter and turn it to a yellow font and a different font. No, how do you make a better, new, unique design that's gonna stand out in front of the customer on the search page?
5: That's great.
0: So for the sign industry, how do they teach you that? Like, how do they teach you layout and things like that? Is there any, um, is there any tips or things that we could do to learn more about that?
1: Some of it is just graphic design. Some people get into the industry through graphic design, um, through school, through college. Others, it's uh, you know it's kind of an apprentice thing do you learn from somebody you get people that work in a sign shop mm-hmm. painting things or cutting vinyl and things like that and they learn it along the way they learn what's good they learn what's bad part of it is learning from the customer on the street uh, you know was it successful was it not successful uh, and then there's other things you know there's there there are some really good books out there in the sign industry I don't know that they apply a lot when it comes to t-shirts mm-hmm. but you know uh, there's a guy named Mike Stevens that created some really cool back in the days of sign painting where all the fonts were oh, painted. Nice. Uh, if you start to look at a lot of the, if you go Google sign painting uh-huh. and some of the art behind that and some of the groups behind that, you start to see how things are laid out and how they, how they draw out the fonts, how they draw out the spacing, the negative space. Uh, Mike Stevens has a great book. That's called uh, mastering layout and uh, it's a short book, but you know, Hey, it goes back 20 or 30 years, but there's some principles in there that anybody can learn when it comes to, to simple design. And so many things are messed up when I see shirts on merch.
2: I mean, well, just- Ken, that, that leads me to my question then. How about we do this? Give us like your top three pet peeves when you're looking through merch of total design violators like what is like the horrible thing like the big expert need to put out there like quit doing
3: this what are like your top three epic fail three
1: not number one would be bad typography uh Mm. which probably ties into the kerning i nothing drives me crazier than bad kerning but font (laughs) Uh, not, I mean, people using fonts that have no business being on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> really don't belong on a t-shirt.
0: So, for the basic, for the people that know nothing about fonts, I won't single myself out here. <laughs> kerning is like the the tops of the letters. What's kerning?
1: Spacing. How the assume. what? Spacing. The spacing. spacing. It, it, oh, the spacing. You type, some, you type okay. something out in in Photoshop just because the font typed out doesn't mean the letters are spaced properly
5: okay
1: you know there, there's there's a lot of principles it's the same thing when i see people that take an a bold s and say well the s is taller than the i so i'm going to shrink it down to match the i no there's a reason the s is bigger there, there's <laughs> kerning helps you to read and the kerning lays it out properly and then typography is simply the art of you know laying it out and 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 making things mesh making things work i mean young I'll, I'll give a shout out to Yong. oh yeah
0: he's, Yang is amazing with that i was just thinking of that
1: Go ahead. and he's he's if i understand right he comes from a background in school of this i mean um so he understands it and it's a pet peeve of his but that's number one is using the wrong fonts that have no business being on t-shirts uh the kerning and colors people that have no concept of how colors work
2: so how uh, can you help people <laughs> that have absolutely zero clue? So if we have watchers right now, you know, they're getting into merch and they're like, oh, let's not violate these three, you know, total don'ts in design. Where are you going to send them? Like, I, there, honestly,
1: there is more resource out there than you could ever imagine. Just hit Google. Hit yeah. up courses. Hit up uh you know, some of these, uh, Linda and things like that, just Google bad typography, how to do typography, how to current, um, how color comparison charts, how to, you know, type in, um, good color selection on t-shirts. I, I mean, most people, nine out of 10 haven't even, this hasn't even crossed their mind that it's a problem. Uh, they just go, <laughs> they look on merch and they say, oh, these shirts are selling. Merchant former says that they're selling. I'm going to hand this to my VA or I'm going to try and make a new design and I'm going to recreate it. And they realize, oh, I like the blue instead of the orange. And they forget the whole fact that their colors clash. They're <laughs> bad. So bad. Many- you
0: I can't imagine when what you- it must be like for like real graphic designers with camp merch.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a picture in cam- Eyeballs i'm picturing ken clicking on the brand name of one that's looking a little sketchy and then the massacre that opens of like just a nightmare of color like horrible typography you know like oh hit the back button and get out of there it's like a bad horror
3: movie
1: what do you think customers they look at that search page and they see this and ask yourself uh, would you wear that would you go to okay some people don't shop at walmart but i'll give walmart this when you go to the graphic t-shirt wall, like they usually have that hanging wall of t-shirts, go look at it. There's a reason those shirts are up on that wall. There's a lot of money that has gone to, in, into each one of those shirts. And there's a reason that they have a certain color. There's a reason they have certain fonts. They have, And we're not talking the licensed Rick and Morty and Star Wars stuff. Just Go, go look at uh, Halloween. They're going to bring out their Halloween shirts if they're not already out. And go look what they put on the shirts. You've got full-time designers that are putting these up, and they got to go through six months or eight months of approvals processes to get them up on that wall. And you know why it takes that long? Because they're going to have to put out millions of dollars in inventory across all the Walmart stores mm-hmm. before that even shows up on the wall. And they got to guarantee themselves that they're not going to be selling them off at $2 a shirt after the the... The, the events done, and so there's a lot of work that goes into that, and a lot we can learn by looking at that wall for how things are laid out. Yeah,
4: so it's important to study what other people have created.
1: Yeah, yeah. Go, I, go, I mean, go out on the street. Go. I mean, it's great being in Vegas because I walk down the strip, and there's <laughs> hundreds of t-shirt shops that are good and bad, but there's also just thousands of people wearing t-shirts. Yes. And looking at and, and keeping your eyes open to what's on the street and what people want to wear. I've
2: You become the weirdo when you really get into merch, and you see like a great shirt, and it's hard to like not be like, "Oh my gosh, what's?" what's I walk
1: up? up. I walk up to him and say, "Can I take a picture of your t-shirt?"
2: Yeah, I've done that too. But <laughs> if, if it's a little lengthy, and you're like trying to read this person's shirt, like, oh, "Excuse me, uh, can you come over here so I can get a better look at that thing?" <laughs>
1: You had to walk up and say, "Hey, I like your T-shirt. Can I take a picture?" Well, oh yeah. because yeah,
5: you know, you're well, doing sales,
4: so you're not afraid to do
0: that. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah And then you finish the it
4: with, then you finish it with, "I can make one better."
0: <laughs> <laughs> with the wink, with the Amy wink at the end. <laughs> um, I, Ken, I was going to ask you about when we were still talking about Walmart. Um, have you sold on Walmart? Can we? Because isn't that a whole another way we could go? We could sell T-shirts on Walmart.
1: It is another one I haven't looked at it. Because um,
0: I think that's a whole nother opportunity right there.
1: <laughs> it's kind of uh, the other one that's the hot the hot button is this whole multi-upload thing, and I don't slam it, but people are still spreading themselves too thin. They think they have a thousand shirts, and if I go put them up on thirty different PODs, you're look like at all, the-
2: all of
0: them. The kerning's wrong. Stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, here's. <laughs> if you weren't selling a lot of shirts with a thousand up on etsy, <laughs> the biggest organic marketplace there you really have built a lot of sales on other pod's
2: i think if you pick and choose you could
1: more, more specific to different trends like different pod's are very specific to what their crowd is uh, there's stuff on merch that does not sell on etsy there's stuff on redbubble that does not sell on merch. There's stuff on Threadless that sells great there, but nowhere else will it sell. And and people are missing that. They think, oh, if I just take my thousand shirts and plaster them everywhere, uh, I think what we're going to end up seeing in the industry is you're going to see some some rollback on that. You're going to see more limits. You're going to see tier limits. You're going to see Kepska's. I believe
0: that, too. I, mean, all I believe that, too.
1: Create space. Every oh wow look create space everybody put up 100 200 a day and all of a sudden oh well i, I think
2: i think the problem too is that everybody approaches it differently and so if they're utilizing these tools appropriately like let's say looking at what is selling on amazon and making decisions that make sense like if you've got a bestseller then it makes sense to put it in maybe different pod fulfillment centers but i totally agree that if you're doing kind of this the 10,000 designs and no forethought as uh, into what you're applying them to. And they don't make any sense. It's always like a small crowd of people that are misusing tools that can lead to the issues. But I think it's uh, not I, so
4: I, much I, I the tools it, though. I don't think, I think it's more that people are putting like, they've got their designs, and like Michael Essick will say, if, it, if you can't sell it on Amazon, you're going to have a really tough time selling it anywhere else. And that's because, you know, there, there are a lot of people that don't quite get the typography and the kerning and the colors and the font selections. And just because you put it out on a hundred different platforms, what makes you think it's, it's going to benefit you? It's not so much the tool, I think. I think it's more like the quality over the quantity, personally.
2: Yeah. What I'm saying is that people misuse the tool. The tool is just there to aid you in doing it quicker, but if people are going to misuse it and just use it to spray 10 million designs out there, absolutely, it makes no sense. Which is but whatnot. if they're going to u- utilize it to make some informed decisions about where they want to sell their designs, then it's just a time-saving tool.
1: That's the problem with 9 out of 10 people, though. Yeah. yeah I think
2: so too. Welcome to Ecom, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, why,
0: has it that's why my main focus has been merged, just because to me, I just want to lock in the 10,000 tier. Because like, I feel like I don't really need more than, I don't know. I just want to make sure I get there. But in yeah. case they, in case I do think they're going to make tiers a lot harder at some point.
1: No, I, I would disagree with you. I could see a day when tiers are gone.
0: Tears are gone? Oh, where you could just upload as many as you want? I could see it. Really? You don't yeah. think they get annoyed with all the bad t I think it's I can
1: see lower tiers always being under the gun because, as it's been explained from merch, it's kind of like a video game. Uh-huh. Pass the first level without dying, you get to go to the second level. You to to
0: the level. <laughs> to... So you think they would have tiers up to like a thousand or something, and then after that, you can just do
1: whatever you want. Oh, not, not whatever you want, but I think you get to a certain point. It's a trust thing. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't see people that are tier 30,000, tier 50,000, tier 60,000, tier 100,000 getting that. There's a reason yeah. for it. And it's not because they're skirting the rules. It's because merch has a certain level of trust with them. There's a reason. I see a lot of bickering about, well, why do all these big tiers, why do they get the beta stuff? Why do they get pop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, part yeah. of the level of trust because they they're not down at a thousand tier learning a lot of the problems and a lot of the mistakes that come along and you know that's it's it's a learning process but could i see radical changes like that one day yeah i could i i can yeah maybe i'm wrong but i could see you well get yeah i definitely get you know, off you know
0: i definitely well, I mean, right agree now, with like big... higher tiers you get more privileges so that's it's good to get a higher tier oh, sorry well, higher <laughs>
4: tiers. i mean you have 500 uploads a day and i mean that's almost kind of unlimited in my opinion because I mean I've yet to come close to that not saying that people can't I just I haven't so I I would I could see that happening too where they just kind of open it and there's no more like tier limits when you get to a certain point you might have your daily allowed slots but I mean that kind of makes sense
1: you have to understand it I mean this is an example from the licensing world Uh, you've got people that have licenses that may have 100,000 designs with licenses and 500 500 a day doesn't cut it
4: oh uh, wow and, yeah, that's just, bulk that blows up- my and, mind
1: you know bulk like, editor vas i mean those things will come i mean people get so tied up with uh oh i can't have a va or i can't do a bulk uploader yeah because there's a certain level of management merch isn't a huge staff they they don't they don't have a lot of people there trying to handle all these issues this is a new building platform still i still think of it as an alpha platform can you see and-
3: them having like a seller account health thing one day like they do for seller central
1: yeah i can so, see it yeah okay i could see it i i can't go into detail but uh there's already some things like that okay uh, gosh there's, there's so much already- i want
0: to talk to you about i can't believe it's already 841. we haven't even talked about trademarks yet. <laughs> and i wanted to find the
1: Merch is killing it. I mean, if, if everybody in the PO industry knows who merch is, and yeah. how many products do they really sell? Two t shirts. Let's be honest, they sell two t shirts, right? <laughs> they ha- they don't have canvas, they don't have prints, they don't have de the Yeah, they just added pop sockets, they've got hoodies, but even the hoodies, what we got five colors, right? Yeah. Like, we're nowhere near where some of these PODs are. And I guarantee every one of those other PODs are looking over their shoulder, like, oh my gosh, when are they going to add this or when are they going to add that? I still view merch like an alpha program. And so we just I keep saying, people, calm down. You know, these a lot of these problems that we run into, a lot of these heartbreaks, like we got throttled at Christmas or something broke, or uploads are stuck in processing. Just hold on to the train handle. You know, they're aware of these things. They know these problems are coming up. And and even the the I remember sitting in a, a QA with uh some of the managers, the, the director of merch, he says, you know, merch is being held together by duct tape and shoestrings. Yeah, I've I've
0: always heard that too, and you can tell. You can
5: definitely
1: tell. But don't print, don't print at that. This is good. That sounds <laughs>
5: safe.
2: No. But I like it because yeah, it's,
1: hold on. Do so you want to how Amazon works.
2: I'm just, I'm just skeptical because I'm from the FBA world is all. Yeah.
1: You know? How did FBA build? If what you were in the days of FBA, what was it like? Same thing.
2: Yeah, Three. I'm just ready to buy. I, I just have to know you just got to evolve with the platform. And I'm used to that because things they, just change like that. So they you either evolve or you leave.
0: Yeah. They grow and expand before they're ready all the time every day. Yeah. It's just how they are. Like They're just always learning and growing.
1: I like seeing a company that's growing like this and making
0: absolutely. I do too. I and love they
1: it. A strong foundation going forward, and it's going to be even better when they are actually have a hundred different products. Right. All yeah. of a sudden, they to know their plants know how to hit the color. They know how to hit the size. They know how to do returns. They know how to do all of these intricacies that you have to learn along the way. And instead of the one that's, oh, we've never made a mistake. Well, if that's your company, you've obviously doing something wrong because you're not going to be around long.
3: Does it seem like they're going to have pure domination here in a few years?
1: I don't know. They, I mean, they are. They do have the Amazon marketplace, don't they?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's kind and of how they go into YouTube everything, has not it? Come out and YouTube does a collab with I don't know who did they collab with? Uh, T
4: something, right?
1: T-Spring, right? T-Spring, yeah. yeah.
4: That looks kind of uh, cool. I
1: mean, that is cool, but it's nothing compared to Twitch with merch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you know Twitch? No. Is
0: Merch, i knew twitch is part of amazon i can't believe amazon owns everything i feel like
4: or even collab right i mean that's a thing big brands just being able list. to design right. I'm, I'm surprised
0: amazon hasn't just bought all these other t-shirt companies like i <laughs> yeah, right.
4: I feel like they could just be like okay
3: we bought all of them today
2: helen why, let's go talk to them about that let's go knock them why why would you though yeah
3: just run them out of business and then you own them for nothing yeah but
1: Go and buy everything up or try and expand too fast. Yeah. Break your foundation of a company as well. I mean, that's, that's than, than any others. Like why do you jump on things just to jump on things?
3: I don't think a lot of people knew that they went almost broke, Well, not broke, but they lost a lot of money with Kindle when they first put out the Mm -hmm. Kindle um, unlimited program. And then after like three or four years, they were profitable, but it took them three, four years of being negative, you know? Yeah. Amazon's Smart.
4: Like yeah. they they're the big data company. They know what they're doing. They have a great foundation and principles to kind of back them up. I mean, it's going to work. Like they they do the thing. It's amazing. And it's mm-hmm. so it's such an honor to even be part of that on on this level. So. And then they just know what like
0: doing. as a hobby, like make a spaceship company or whatever he's doing with rockets or <laughs> side hustle let's, let's, let's beat Elon Musk to Mars in my spare time like,
3: everybody's building spaceships
0: I think it'd be so funny to like hang out with all of them like, their whole like, conversations must just be so different like, like oh I found out he's going there whatever like I don't know I could just
3: see them like competing they're all trying to like launch their rockets at the same time <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Richard Branson, too. Oh, yeah. He's, He's a about, too. <laughs> They're going to be, like, hitting each other. <laughs> Y'all lost me. Oh, I'm, man.
4: I'm, I'm, I'm on that rocket. I don't even know what's happening. Well, right.
3: yeah. Lots of rockets
0: happening with all lots these space companies guys I mean. out there. <laughs> anyway, so, Ken, trademarks. Let's talk about before we <laughs> <apologize>. <laughs> track. And we have to talk about the merch conference. There's a whole list. So we got to, like, I don't know. I don't know let's if you're in next. a hurry or if you let's want to go. stay longer, but Uh, anyway um so trademark watchdogs talk tell us about that and how it started and
1: uh how it started uh frustration with the trademark industry and frustration of watching people sitting around and complaining and sitting on their hands and i've i've done some things where people that are close to me know i'm not going to sit around and complain on that kind of stuff and i didn't and uh, part of that is going out licensing trademarks and learning about trademarks and just because you get slammed on merch doesn't mean I'm going to get slammed. I'm going to still roll ahead and make shirts and, and make money. And that's part of the whole licensing thing. But on the flip side of that, you see some real abuse going on in the industry and seeing it getting worse and worse and worse and uh, people taking advantage of the trademark industry. And one day we came across a letter of protest. I said, wait a minute. I thought you had to spend through four $500 to protest a, a trademark to oppose it. And yeah, after it's gone through publication, you do. But, we came across the letter of protest and realized, wait a minute, this is a free way that if you put some work into it, you can start beating these applications. Now that now taking down trademarks that are already registered is a whole other game that we're looking at and we're starting to play around with. But right now, it can't be one person. It can't be Helen sitting there trying to file a letter <laughs> protest on everything that makes her mad. It has to be a group. It has to be, and, and I see watchdogs needs to be 100,000 people in the group. It needs to be the biggest. Uh, I guess e type website dealing with trademarks because it it touches not just merch we start off as merch watch dogs and quickly we went to trademark and yeah. we go from class 25 to class 35 to class 9 to now we're doing handbags i mean if it's a frivolous trademark it needs to be taken down it needs to be gone after and if we get everybody i mean right now there's 5,000 people in that group if everybody if half the people in that group spent 10 minutes a week on it imagine what we could do It's the same thing we do have a patron going if everybody gave up a cup of coffee a month right now in five we we'd have 10 grand to turn over to the attorneys and the vas vas could gather evidence um attorneys can start going after some of these registered trademarks and it it starts to turn into a huge huge thing and it's gone way faster than we thought it would uh i think we've beaten about 100 trademark applications already
0: so amazing yeah and and i'm definitely in that group and i know a lot of us are um so I've, uh, but I'm, I haven't actually done the, the letters of protest. So I've like participated in the Patreon, but not the uh, actual letters. So, so for people who haven't really helped with that yet, what do you suggest? Like what's the, where should we start? How do we...
1: Dave catoff and Morgan Reese have just been superstars. They have set up video training. There's units of training in the group. There's video tutorials. Once you go through them and learn, it takes you all about 10 or 15 minutes to gather the evidence and file a letter of protest. And we we've asked people to go ahead and file applications on trademarks. We've got an air table that Mary is uh, managing uh, to try and track these and. Once it gets flowing, it, it really moves. And and when we get somebody post a trademark, says, oh, I just noticed this one came up. Part of the, the scenario now we're saying is, well, go file a letter of protest. If it, oh, if it yeah. has some kind of a, a feeling towards you and your business, put some effort into this and file the letter of protest. We've already done all the work for you to, to how to do it. We'll- Quick question about that. Do you add,
4: like, okay, say, for instance, I come across a trademark, we'll say unicorn squad. Yeah. And I go to your group, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, this, there's this trademark." And you're like, "Well, go file an LOP. Do I need to put that in the Airtable? Is it already there? Like, what?" Sorry. I know uh, yeah, lot, actually, I...
1: uh, that can get added to the Airtable. The best way is to say, "Hey, here's a, a registration application. Here's the, the the serial number on it. It's just been filed as a what date? Here's the name. Can you add it to the Airtable? Or you can request access if you're actually going to do some work. We'll give you access." Okay. They won't start adding it uh, to the table. So,
4: I mean, I've had the, the best intentions to start dedicating like twenty minutes of a day here, twenty minutes of a day there to file LLPs. I think what y'all are doing is absolutely incredible, and it's going to benefit the whole entire community. And I, I definitely do want to be a part of that. So I'm glad that y'all have the units and things because I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go to school.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and part of it was good intentions. Um, there was another group which will remain nameless. That I've been banned from. <laughs> wow. uh, of-
3: Wait, I can you guys we lost- hear? We lost you, Ken. Oh, okay,
4: audio. I
0: thought it was me. I'm like, I
4: can't hear what he's saying. I- I think yeah, I- we lo- there
1: you are, um, you're back. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, um, I-, I was in another group that I got banned from, and part of the problem I saw with that was they sit around and talk about things and not take action, and I hate that. I said there's got to be a way to take some action, and. People that know me, I just jump in the fire. I'll jump in the lake and find out if it's hot or cold. And, uh, you know, I'll burn the field behind me and I'll move forward. And I hope somebody else is behind me planting a new crop. That's just kind of how I operate. And that's how watchdogs came along. I was like, you know what? So what if we fail on this? And now I get a lot of flack from people saying, well, you're just attacking everybody. You're hurting small business. No.
4: No, that's not the case. I've seen that too. And I've seen the fire. Yep.
1: If you can't defend your trademark application, you don't deserve your trademark. Thank and, you. And I'm not saying I'm gonna go after everybody. I mean there's some that are obvious brands. If you come up with a neat name like Google and you want the trademark, well obviously nobody should be going after them on that. But we have a we have a neat little not neat a really bad system in the print on demand it's not like um, Chris Chris actually just posted in the big group he posted a tortilla shell was super soft with a little trademark mm-hmm. oh, super soft <laughs> yeah you know what super soft in the trademark industry I was looking at that it was mission tacos mission you would think is a, a common word but in the in the tortilla industry it's very mm-hmm even though it's a single word, the problem we have on print on demand is we don't have unique t-shirts, right? We don't have tacos. We don't have Jim's taco shop where Jim wants to trademark it and take down all the other taco shops because they're using the word taco we've got a a really weird little system going on in print on demand that took uspto i think by surprise and is killing a lot of the small business in the industry and you got to fight back these these single words i'm sorry if you want one of these common words as your brand you're going to have to really fight for it because you don't you don't own that word and we're seeing that with the classy trademark everybody Um, classy, we are fighting. We have a lawyer going after them because that's nice. You have a developed brand with Classy, but but being having the trademark for Classy doesn't mean the trademark works. That you take everybody down that's using the word Classy. Yeah, classy is a unique I word. i mean, like
0: if it was a certain font or something, like a certain logo, but not like the word itself.
1: And, and this is the advice I've given to some people in the POD that want to get trademarks. Mama Bear is a good example. Mm-hmm. Okay we fought mama bear very hard and her followers think that she is the mama bear no she's not she didn't create mama bear if she had stuck with her original plan where she filed a trademark for her actual design her mama bear design it's very distinct if she gone through with that application and not abandoned it and gone for the word mark mama bear i'd have but that's Problem the POD people think they can trademark a phrase and kill everybody else that's not yeah,
0: how you it. can't do that
1: I'm, I'm, fine. I'm fine with a mama bear trademark for your design as your logo but do yeah. not mark mama bear as a word because you are full of it if you think that you created that phrase and created yeah that. Do?
4: now do you think the USPTO is starting to notice that um that frivolous trademarks are really heavy problem with the 20, with the class 25 or whatever. And now that they're going to be a little bit more intentional in their research, or is it still going to mostly be on the shoulders of those that are putting forth the LOPs?
1: They have rules that they have to follow. Uh, They can't just change the rules as they go, but yes, they're very aware um, however, you get 600 examining attorneys. They don't sit down in a lunchroom and say, here's today's news. Here's how you have to change things. They have—they all got different perspectives. They got different ways to approach it. Morgan and Dave, though, Morgan probably the most. I think she talks to somebody at the USPTO in the staff office just about twice, three times a week. I mean, they're Dave now phones up. And they're like, oh, Dave, I was waiting for you to call. I knew I would get a full call on this one. I mean, wow. it, it, it has jumped leaps and bounds i thought it would take us a year or two to get to that point of talking to the uspto and within a month or two we were already talking to the staff attorneys and saying this is a problem and they're understanding where we're coming from they're giving us some direction on what we should do or what we shouldn't do Um, we're able to contact them if a letter of protest gets denied we can call and say hey why did that get denied that's amazing Pilot again. So they're very aware. Um, and that's something that gets hidden in the shadows is how much discussion is really going on with the USPTO. And I'm ready at a moment's notice to say, I'll fly to DC tomorrow. I was
0: going to say, I live and, like and say, 20
1: minutes s- from there. Uh, let me sit down in your lunchroom and go through this because this is affecting an entire industry. And it's different. Like I said, it is different than Mission Taco Tortillas in a different class. <laughs> It's not the same problem that is occurring on demand because you don't have a specific kind of teacher. You have phrases that are people are trying to kill the rest of the industry with. And it's it's really a unique scenario that we're in. And if we don't do something as a community with it, uh, you're going to hate life in five years in the print on demand business. Because jewelry, we've already seen it like a trademark being applied for for a jewelry bracelet that says words on a bracelet. And they're trying to trademark that to say, I'm the creator of words on a bracelet. And anybody else tries to put words, even though they're not saying words on a bracelet, it's something else. They're going to try and go after them.
5: What? Oh, insane.
1: People are ruthless on it. And here's the problem. When they file a takedown with any of these print-on-demands, their prospect is not that they're following trademark law. The USPTO will tell us, like, classy? Oh, no, classy's not following the law. Well, what Classy is banking on is nobody's going to fight them. Nobody's going to go up against them. And yeah. what I'm finding now with a lot of these trademark owners is that if you come back with a lawyer and spend the money, they buckle. Their knees buckle immediately because they yeah. know they're going to lose. And you understand that. And that's why it's so important to say we need 10,000 people paying $2 a month. It's nothing. But as a group, that's huge. We can change yeah. things. Go after so that page.
4: Patreon is just to go after those big guys like classy that are that are taking us down for things that don't even have anything to do with their stuff.
0: Yeah, I've and already
1: signed off invoices for three or four thousand dollars to the attorney. Yeah,
0: I think maybe That's if you wonderful. Post things like that, and I can share it in the group and like let people know like how expensive this really is. Like what what we're doing, and what we need help with. Like, um, yeah, I can definitely help with that. Like just spreading the word and trying to get more people involved
1: hired a full-time VA now for gathering evidence on letters of protest. Dave has, he's been training her. Uh, so that's where the money is going to, like, like I said, the patron, some people are saying, Oh, this is another catch grab for Ken or somebody. Not, we're not, touching
4: <laughs> not even, Oh my goodness. <laughs> we'll, we'll give sorry, you, uh, I even see that's not the case.
1: No. I, I, I don't <laughs> need that money from the patron, but what I need is I'm not going to put my dollars out to pay for all this. And, and yeah. to give Straight up on the classy, I don't even have a classy shirt. I threw. I five don't either. In I
4: don't either. Yeah.
1: Three grand that Jake raised. Five hundred of it was mine. Uh, I'll jump on the top patron. I'm seventy five dollars a month. I'll put my money where my mouth is because I believe it, and I believe we need to grow this to forty or fifty thousand people across all the different industries because it's going to affect every one of us, and it does affect every one of us.
5: Yeah. So- and yeah, seriously, I mean, you're
4: asking for what, like two dollars a month from? Each individual. I mean,
1: that's if if we could get uh, half the members in the Watchdogs paying two dollars a month. This is why I wouldn't mind seeing Facebook with the new groups. There's rumors about subscriptions. Yeah, I, I'd be all for that. You know what? You want to be part of Watchdogs and participate? Two dollars subscription, and we, you know, five thousand members. All of a sudden, we have ten grand to put towards the attorneys every month to go after this stuff for the group. Yeah, group. that would be, and great. how
4: nice. How nice is it too? like, okay, so you don't really have the time to file your own LOPs or whatever, but you really want to make a difference and help this idea and stand behind it. Being a Patreon is probably the perfect compromise there.
1: So yeah. Yeah, you don't I'm have with time you. to file letters or study. Like I, I want to be part of this. This is a good way to be part of it. And mm-hmm. We're not saying and that's good.
4: where I feel like that. Cause I was guilt. I felt so much guilt because it's like, oh my goodness, all these people are filing these LOPs and I haven't, and I know I could, and I just haven't done it. And then when the Patreon thing came out, I was like, oh, heck yeah. I'd take my money. same thing. You know? thing with me. I was like, okay, but, good. I'll okay, get $5. There you go. So bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I I haven't I've shared the group in our group, but only like once. Like I I can get in a habit of like sharing it once a week or something or Here, here's like the updating. Other thing.
1: For your listeners about Watchdogs, merch is very aware of Watchdogs, and they there are merch people in the group, and they watch things. They watch the progression. Um, I talk to them all the time, merch staff about it. I want to uh, know
0: who the merch people are. I was telling merch money. I was like, every time we get somebody, I'm like. Not every time, but like certain names, they look like they might be Amazon. And I'm like, do you guys think this is Amazon?
1: Yeah, don't worry about it. They're, they're in there. They're watching. Um, but Watchdogs has really caught their attention. Um, in Vegas, I met with uh, some of the content policy and actually met with Merch's uh, attorney. Um, And and this was a surprise to him that how bad this has really gotten on the the vindictiveness of trademarks and what people are doing and what we're actually doing as watchdogs. I mean, they're like, yeah, wow, I can't it's so it.
0: inspiring, we're
1: actually pulling this off. And what what the goal is, what my goal is, is that as we see merch number one and other PODs like Teespring, Redbubble, Threadless, I'd like to get managers around the table saying, enough's enough. We're going to come together. Our community is doing something about this, and we're going to fight back against these trolls because they are doing this.
4: Now, are you noticing more people from other communities coming in, people that aren't necessarily on merch, but maybe they have a big um, big That's, thing going on, like Redbubble or Teespring, or they come in, in now too?
1: Yeah, a lot of etsy people have jumped on um i did chat with the teespring community coordinator she's let me post it over there oh, there's, awesome. there's always apprehension they're like i don't know what this is we don't want to legally get into something and that was the same thing with watchdogs you can't go to merch and say hey can you help us with this no i went to merch and said i'm making this group we're going to show you what us as a community are going to do that we're not going to sit on our hands and complain that we're going to get some results And now that we're seeing results, they're saying, whoa, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) Maybe we can put our shoulder behind them and help doing some things on a day-to-day basis to help them. And it's not all about, oh, we just want to take your shirts down because you had a violation. They understand this. They get it. They they have sorrow for us when they see a thousand classy shirts come down. It's not like you're going to lose your account. The whole community had to take it down. And they're just as mad about this as we are. Uh, now,
4: I have a question. We need to be the Sorry. flame that
1: starts it, though. We need to be the one that does the initial work and gets this moving and gets the success on it.
4: Now, what does it mean for the merch community, the Red Bull, Red Bubble community, all the communities, Etsy, when you do win an LOP? Like, they're going after this trademark, you file the, um, the takedown or whatever, why they shouldn't register it, and you win. Does that mean that that... That phrase, that comment, that slogan, whatever, it's free game now? What does that mean?
1: Well, it means that their application has been severely hindered. Most of these are being turned back and they have six months to come back at the examiner's problems for why it was refused. And I use Mama Bear as a good example. Uh, That one got all the way to the publication stage and it got yanked out of publication by the, not the examining attorney that put it to publication, but by their boss who says here's the letter of protest, yeah. Yank that one back out because we got some concerns. Wow. And it essentially trashed all of the reasons that the application went through in the first place. And now it's on the onus of that applicant to show why they should get the trademark without using the old arguments. The old arguments are out. You've already failed at that. You have to show us a new reason this is a trademark. And I'll pick on that one. I know damn well right now that if Mama Bear had gone through. I've seen the conversations. Oh, no, no. It's her brand. She's not going to take other stuff down. I guarantee the day she got the registration, every POD across the world, not the world, but the U.S. would get hit with takedowns from Mama Bear. I guarantee that would have happened. And that's Absolutely.
4: Not- that's why she changed it from the specific design to the to the quote itself. Absolutely.
1: And that's the reason I'm kicked out of the other group, because they're protecting her. Yeah, uh, which I don't understand. I'll make,
4: understand. Like,
5: how can you I'll make no bones reversed?
1: about it. I, I'm not here to fight. I'm not here no. to pick up people. You know what? It's sad that communities can't come together and work on a single purpose and have a bone to pick that they're no longer the the wise people on the totem pole for what this is about. You know what? Actions speak louder than words, and we're taking these down day by day. So that's just the way that it works. Do
3: they lose and all obviously- their money invested too?
1: Of course they do. There's no yeah, refund. Okay. The Does what? I thought. Okay. So these trolls that are filing ten, twenty trademarks at a time, minimum they're two twenty-five a trademark.
3: Good, them where we it works. Seven, eight
1: hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars a trademark. Jack it up
3: to a thousand, maybe less people would be filing those stupid little trademarks.
1: Yeah, but but Hopefully. the trademark industry works. The problem is is uh, our industry has figured out a way to skirt how it should work. How how we've been able? Yeah, to. Yeah,
0: because they're not picking brands; they're picking phrases. Like I saw yeah. that Michael Essony, uh one of the people in the group, posted about uh, "Feed Me Tacos" and "Feed Me mm-hmm. Pizza." That's not a brand. Like that's not something they want on their shirt
4: to sound cool. Like, well, I'm going to trademark "Call Me Pretty," and I'll take all them down. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what they're doing, and the, and then they're going and setting up a website that's callmepretty.com and saying, "This is my brand. This is my legit brand." What's really no. funny. I, I'm going to keep picking on Mama Bear.
4: Mama, <laughs> oh, Mama Bear deserves Do it.
1: No, <laughs> oh, but I, I'm going to keep picking on it because if that was your brand, why don't you actually have your brand and website trademarked? The actual yeah. brand that she sells this under is not trademarked. What does that yeah, tell you? Yeah,
4: and that was mm-hmm. my beef with Nike with that too. going
1: out yeah. and getting Just Do It trademarked before they even trademarked Nike.
4: Like, yeah, that might make sense.
1: Get real here. I, I mean, there's a reason you're trademarking that phrase, and it's to go kill everybody else using it. And no, you didn't create the niche.
4: <laughs> no, they were not the first Mama Bear shirt, and that yeah. that came to light too by some of the research that the uh, members of your group found out. So,
1: well, and here's a good example. You know that Mama Bear is a product on Amazon for kids, like diapers and wipes and all that kind of stuff. Do you know mm-hmm. who owns
4: Mama Bear? Amazon, right?
1: Amazon. But they're yeah. not trademarking the phrase, they're trademarking <laughs> their logo. They understand yeah. the work. Because it's us, for brands. Versus us idiots in the t shirt business that think, ah, oh, I got a new phrase. I'm going to trademark the phrase and kill <laughs> everybody. Yeah.
4: How much of a cringe is it when you hear somebody in the groups go, I have a shirt, it's sold. How do I trademark the shirt? <laughs> Yeah. Cause I I see it and it's just like now that I'm more aware it's literally well, nose on the chalkboard like uh, no
1: my phrase now or is, do it if you post the phrase yeah post the phrase if you got the guts to do it because if not we're gonna find it we're gonna come after it but I I have nothing against a legit brand
4: yeah like, well that's that's what they're for that's what trademarks are for it's to protect brands not your silly slogan that you. Think you might have come up with, but you didn't, Mama wow. Bear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for all you're doing with that. And we will do a better job of promoting
3: it and, and helping with it. Lance had um, a question about the pledge for Kim. Yeah. If he makes a custom pledge, is that constant monthly?
1: If it's on the Patreon, it'll be a monthly subscription. It'll be a monthly, um, yeah. If you yeah, I I linked it. Information, go to merchattorneys.com. And that is Jake Preston Evans' uh, personal site that he will take in single-time donations. And he is the attorney with him and his wife that we're using.
0: Oh, I didn't know about that.
1: The he Trademark also, Owl. Yeah, Trademark Owl. Yes. He will also help you with uh, counseling on legal issues with trademarks. He will also help you file your own trademarks. Wow. And you get a better deal than you will on, uh, on some of the other sites. So.
0: Nice. Yeah, so guys, definitely join the merch watchdogs group and help with the Patreon. That that is in the description of the video, the links to that. And Ken's Facebook group. So um, merch success 2.0, that's linked in there. Um, and also the merch conference. Ken wanted me to put that link there. So you want to talk a little bit about the merch conference?
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. Last year it was a it was a great, great setting. It's in downtown Seattle. We hold it there for a reason. Uh, it's a great place to get together, but it's also a couple of blocks away from Amazon. So we can't guarantee anything, but last year we had a few Amazon speakers come by. We had the director mm-hmm. speak. Uh, so it's kind of a treat and it's a great networking opportunity. I know that we'll, we'll have a couple of uh, people there. I can't say who, uh, but we've got some interest there. And number one, it's just a great time to meet other mergers. Uh, if you can find a way to get to that conference, uh, it's... It's pricey for us, me, me, Chris, and Neil putting it on. Uh, I think the room is 10 grand a day. Uh, it's a very nice outlet. It's uh, got some of the best people you'll meet in the merch community. I think, Amy, you were there last year, weren't you? Who, uh, anything- the conference? I didn't yeah, make you- it
3: last year. I was trying, but we had a hurricane in Florida.
1: <laughs> oh, OK. Um, I've seen so many private masterminds that have come out of the conference last year because you got to meet face to face with some people that you see in the groups and anybody that I think is anyone, uh, Michael Essex coming over from England. He'll be speaking. Um, I know Amy's going to be speaking the girl boss. Uh, we, we've got a great lineup. I know. Um, Oh, Facebook. What's her name? Oof. The Lula. Uh, I can't can't think of her name now. We got the Facebook uh, guru. We've got Shopify. We got YouTube. Uh, There's just a lineup, and then you add in a couple of people maybe from Amazon that could speak to us, and and the ability to to meet with people. And then Chris has actually gone out and arranged a Saturday, uh, which is going to be something. It's going to be a separate day, uh, but all on branding and uh, celebrity celebrity brands is going to be there. Is what it looks like, and uh, be going over how to brand things and it'll be a pretty special thing going on now if if you can't
4: make the conference there will be um the ability to buy the replay or
1: yeah we have the uh both days are being professionally recorded and the replays will be up uh they're up on the same site uh, merchconference.com so perfect awesome
0: I really want to go but it's my friend's wedding that day and I don't want to miss it
4: <laughs> I really wanted to go but I got kids and I can't leave them. Alone. <laughs> All right, I'm push
1: it off for a week
0: <laughs> but I know Amy Nicholas will be there so she'll be representing us
1: <laughs> it'll be great yeah um, and it'll be a spread it's not just gonna be merch like how do I sign up for an account how do I put up a design right. it'll be a uh, for the new person that's in merch, it's going to give you so many ideas you won't know what to do with yourself. For the older mercher, you're going to find out new ideas and meet with some of these people that are 30, 40, 50,000 tier doing you know consistently two to four hundred dollars a month or a day. I mean, numbers that some of the people in the groups just have no idea really are happening and uh covering everything from you know trademarks and licensing i mean even dave cattle from the the watchdogs will be there and do a live lop Oh, take take it from point a all the way to filing it while he's doing his presentation you know so neat things for people to learn and expand their their concept of what print on demand is and and put tools in their box so
0: that's awesome and one last thing that we didn't like really, really quick. I know you got your family, your whole family involved. So kids, everything. Um, so just real quick about that. And also uh, one of the people in our group was asking, like, is there an age uh, requirement for a merch account or can uh, like any kid sign up?
1: Well, I know uh, here. Let's put it this way. Uh, Chris's son did a presentation at Rocky Mountain Reseller. Uh huh. And uh, part of the presentation was the director of merch coming on and doing a phone call video chat with him. Oh, uh, People that are wondering whether or not their kids can be involved. Um, if you've got your account, your kid doesn't necessarily need their own account. Give them some slots, put your kids shirts up, get them big, get them interested in an entrepreneur. Uh, my kids do have accounts uh, going back to the early days. And uh, part of that was my kids getting invited with our family out to, to do a tour in Dallas and things like that. And, there's some neat tv interviews that happened and you know it's been a it's been an amazing thing
0: talk about that there's so many things we haven't even covered yeah you were on the news in vegas right
1: yeah yeah there's a lot that's happened and a lot of it comes down to just getting your kids interested and merch is very interested in uh in kids that'll do this the kids will go out and make designs and earn some money and learn about business and uh i mean Chris's son was able to get a box of, I don't know, 30 or 40 kids. Merch, merch kids is his thing. Merchkids.com. And uh, Amazon merch, they sent him a box of t-shirts. You Aww. know, merch, logo on it to hand out to people to give to their kids. I mean, they're very interested in this. And, but just don't, I guess the question is, how old does my kid need to be? Well, just get your kid on the computer, make them design to put it up on your account. Get them selling. Perfect. Uh, how to do it and go from there, so.
0: Well, thank you so much. I don't know if there's any last things you want to say or anything that we forgot. If there's anything else you want to say,
1: like I said, I'm an open book. Just hit me with questions if you got them. So.
4: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We would be here all night. I know. I'm
0: like, <laughs> I don't know if you have to go or if you want to stay on. I mean, we're over the time, but it's been so okay. fun talking with you and we could Let's go hit. on for a lot longer.
1: Questions, I mean, you've got me. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, well, what about you, Bree or Amy or anybody? You guys have stuff?
3: well christina was just asking in the chat about the certain age to have the actual account in their name is it a matter of the bank account information i'm not sure on that
1: well anything with a kid underage is going to have to be signed off by a guardian if there ever comes a time when there's a legal issue but kids have businesses Mm -hmm. um every time you see the news 13 year old makes million dollar candy company i mean Yeah. yeah there's obviously guardians and things behind them but I, I don't get so tied up in the mire of that stuff. I think people are, oh, what can I do? What can't I do? Well, just go and do it. You know what?
3: <laughs> just give them the slots, like you said.
1: Yeah, yeah. Them-
4: or yeah. That's and, what I do. I'll be honest. My kids, like every day, mom, I've got this great T-shirt idea, and they'll come up with with the silly thing. Like today, it was bees on a surfboard. You know, <laughs> and it's like, all right, go draw it out. You know, we'll 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 put it up there. I've got I've got stuff online with their things, you know, and if it sells great and if it doesn't, great. But getting them involved, I think, is the big kicker. And it's think, fun uh, for them.
1: Part of that comes from the conversation of people worrying about multiple accounts and houses. And mm-hmm. can my wife get one? Can my husband get one? Can you know, don't get so worried about that. If you've got the account and you start selling shirts, you got the tiers. Merch will give you the slots that you need mm-hmm. if you're actually selling stuff. I mean, really, honestly, a house only needs an account. You you need to get past this idea that we're going to get banned. We need a backup account. Well, if that's the way you're thinking, something's already messed up. Uh, i mean i i've yet to yet to see anybody that didn't get banned without a, an actual obvious reason i mean it's just that's the way it works and so when we're looking at that they've given us some direction on it though if you've got multiple accounts make sure you got different bank accounts different emails different names different socials it's all got to be separate because if one comes down it can take all the rest down so that's just i'll be the way honest it works. so uh, if Me i am- were to to be honest, like right now, everybody has an account in our house, because going back to the early days, that's the way it was. If I were to back up now, I'd just be fine with the one account and let everybody in the house use it.
4: Yeah, me and my husband, we each have our own account. I had mine first, you know, mine, mine's doing fairly well, his, you know, we've got 30 shirts loaded up on his, it's just we don't touch it, because we're more, we're we're trying to build this one. So it's like, I personally don't see the need to have more than one account either. Cause as long as you're playing by the rules, you know, there but are some gee, people
1: that the, one thing that's good is my daughter got into it when she was in the year, what she'd have been 16, 17. It's now paying her monthly fees at college. Wow. Oh. Wow. Now, <laughs> so, I, I mean, you got to think past, you know, just putting up shirts and making some money. This is real. This is a 19 year old at college now that gets I don't know, three, four, five hundred dollars a month. What college student wouldn't like $500 in passive income coming in every month while they're at school and no have kidding. more, right? And even my, my youngest now who's 14, he's been at it since he was 12. Uh, as we went through on the news, I think he's, he's put about three grand in the bank. My 16 year old has probably done the best 17. He was the first one to get into it and he's well over $10,000 in what he's earned on merch.
4: That's Aww. wonderful. So I mean that's,
1: that's that's just huge. That's huge. And I don't do it. I, mean... I don't do it with the designs. You know what? If you want to put up the stuff, you put it up. You find your niche, you put up the shirt, you sit down next to me on the other computer and do your design and that's how the, that's how you learn and that's how you get them to go forward.
4: And then it's even more than just making money. It's it's like, look, you can be creative and make money just like you don't have to work a nine to five in a cubicle if you don't want to like mm-hmm. it, it teaches them just so much more
3: possible yeah, so out there. The yeah wayward. yes yeah. yeah i'm trying to get my stepdaughter into it she's like oh i'd rather work two jobs i'm like why <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it is work to get to get to that yeah. point right it is work absolutely to get 400 a month they're there it's not easy street it's relative i would say it's relatively easy money when you you get going and get it moving but there is work to get that developed and get it founded so mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think for people that just want results right away merch is just i mean usually it takes a while to build your account up for most people so
3: a lot of any, people get frustrated and just leave any encouragement ken for people that are you know they haven't really seen like a, a great month yet we're we're still outside of Q4, like what would you tell them if they're just like putting all this effort in but it's kind of like challenging because they aren't seeing the results yet?
1: I would say the best thing they could do is find somebody that is successful and ask them to take an hour of their time and go through their account. Nice. Most people that say, I can't figure this out, I can't get sales, I'm having trouble. (coughs) Usually if you take a look at their account and just say, hey, I might be brutally honest, it can really set them on the right track. And, and this is something I went a few months ago. I, I sat, I, I don't know how many of you heard me have a one-on-one with Anthony. And mm-hmm. he's like, dude, I've been at this for a year and you know, sales are down and this and that. And of course the question came up, okay, how many live you got? How many slots? How many niches are you in? Eight, nine out of 10 people that I come across, their accounts are completely screwed up. I mean, I, no word of a lie. I have looked at a person's account that has said, I'm not selling anything. I'm tier, I don't know, a thousand. And I looked at their first brand that had 200 listings in their brand. Do you know how many unique designs they had in that brand? Five. I didn't hear you say that. Five unique designs in a brand that had 200 listings. If I were a customer that clicked on that and saw 200 of the same shirt in different colors, different text colors, different sweatshirts, different shirts, I'd back up and go buy something else. Yeah, And this is the problem you don't see with a lot of people's accounts. So if you're really struggling right now, the best thing you could do is try and search out somebody that's known in the industry and say, hey, can I take a half hour of your time? You know what? It might cost you a little bit of coaching money and I'm not putting it out. Don't don't just PM me for coaching calls. I mean, my time is, that's the reason I had to start charging is I was getting a lot of these people. Can you take a minute? you take a minute and look it could be any of the guys uh, find somebody that's uh, posting numbers and having some success and say hey you mind looking at my designs and my keywords and give me some brutally honest comment like the five of you should pro four of you should probably be telling people in your group hey i'm at this tier i'm having some success you know privately i'm not going to steal your stuff but i can give you some some advice on where to go and what not to do and what looks good what looks bad and And if you can take that advice, you'll see some success. You'll be able to change.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I feel like you've given us so much advice. This this has been so good. Thank you so much. No problem. Any more questions in the chat? I'm like the world's worst with the chat. I'm always like so involved in talking to whoever's on with us that I like.
2: I can't even find out which tabs they're on. It's too hard to. So anybody have any last things before we
0: go? Any more questions or anything we missed?
3: Uh, I don't see any questions.
0: Everybody's probably just like writing notes as best they can. Not even thinking about.
4: (laughs) A lot of thank yous. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken. You stole the show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> really well, deserved. well deserved. Yes. Yeah. Well deserved. Yeah. It's been a real to pleasure. Seattle, yeah. you,
1: can, uh, you can talk to me even more. Uh, my wife's coming out to Seattle, but she's already consigned to the fact that she probably won't see me for three or four days. So
0: Aww. <laughs> Does she do
3: merch, too? She does. She does. Okay. Yeah. Does she help you design, or do you do everything, like, on your account?
1: Uh, she does a lot of her own designs. Um, she doesn't go into it as intense as I do, with a lot of unique designs. She'll play around with a lot of scaled stuff. Uh, I mean, her computer's right next to mine, and you know she used to do a lot of my uploading for me. That doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> on her own account now, for some reason.
0: Oh, you're like oh, my uploader.
3: <laughs> I'm trying to bribe my husband. He's like total hands-on outdoor, manly. Like he's like I ain't touching the computer. <laughs> I
1: mean, look, uh, just take a minute on Seattle. You've got people like Michael Essek, RJ, Matt Sheeran, and Yong's going to be there. Uh, Amy's going to be. I, you got just an A-list of people that have had success at merch that know how to do this. And you're going to be in a room of a max 150 people. I mean, you've got how many opportunities for breakfast and lunch and dinner and drinks. you got two days to hit these people. And last year, they were more than willing it was a race to catch some of these people and say hey can i take you out for dinner uh because you get to sit there and talk to them and and you get a call like this and ask them anything they're more than willing to answer them and people need to see how great of an opportunity that is and there's not many merch conferences there's not many get-togethers other than maybe your little south florida 10 people here 10 people (laughs) there you really get people that are serious and want to do something Mm
5: -hmm.
0: yeah I agree. We definitely need more more merch conferences and stuff like that. But I hope everybody goes and uh, you can't underestimate how amazing it is to meet people in person. I I love that.
1: Yeah, if you can't get the networking, grab the replay. You'll get all the content.
0: Yep.
3: Sunny asked, uh, what's the one thing you would recommend we do for Q4? <laughs> it's kind of a broad question.
1: Uh, if you're not Everything doing just it right now, you've already missed it. <laughs> there's a lot of work it's the grasshopper and the ant right now um one is sitting enjoying the summer and the other one's building up the stores so uh there's a lot you got to do for quarter four you just mm-hmm. fill your lots, get good designs quality over quantity and uh put them all together
2: all right
3: nice. thanks well, ken. i think
0: that does it right everybody thank you so much ken we really appreciate it Thanks, Ken. Well, yeah thank you oh, so guys. much
3: all so right, for this
4: opportunity.
0: Thanks yeah. for
2: watching, guys.
0: Yeah, thank you, guys, so much. All right, subscribe. bye, everyone.
5: Good yeah, night. subscribe. <laughs> <Bye>. Like it. <laughs> Hell yeah.